Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Play to pod. Welcome back, wherever you're joining us from. This is Dr. Ruth Glynn Owen for the Play to Pod podcast. In this episode, we're going to be bringing you uh, Leanne's story. Leanne is the amazing mum of the amazing Sunny, and we hope you enjoy this one. This is a, a real story of determination and never giving up and not listening when you're told that your child maybe isn't going to achieve the things that you know they can. They just might need a little bit of support to get there. Okay, so Leanne, thank you very much for coming on Play to Pod. It's lovely to have you. Um, thank you very much for agreeing to, to talk to us about Sonny. Um, so how old is Sonny now? He is nine years old now. Do you know, it's funny. He's just, it's like having a teenager all of a sudden. Um, but he's, yeah, nine. Because oh, when you, you met him, he was, what, four? Wow. I think he just turned four right now. Such a long time ago, isn't it? As if you, there's a few other people I've spoken to on these episodes and I can't actually work out how their child has got to almost secondary age. <laughs> like, no. hmm, where no. did the time go? It makes me feel old. Um, so when did you first start to have concerns about Sunny's development? It was round about the sort of 18 months, in between 18 months and two years old. Sunny was my first child, so, um, but he was my husband's fourth. So it was more so him than, you know, me. He kept saying, you know, he should be, he wasn't really meeting his milestones. He he sort of sat up late. He walked late. Um, there was no babbling at all. Um, flapping his arms. No eye contact. And when he did eventually start to walk, I think that was about 18 months, he walked on his tiptoes. So all of these sort of things. But the big main concern was sort of when I took him to mother and toddlers and I really seen then sort of, wow, he's really, he doesn't behave like his peers at all. If all the kids were in one area, he would be over the other side of the room. Um, the only contact he made was with me. And that was just to get his needs met because obviously I knew him so well. I knew what he wanted, what he needed. Um but even then, looking back, there was no eye contact with me either, really. You know, yeah, it was just awful. <laughs> so what did you do first when you first started to have these concerns? What did you do first and who did you speak to first? Initially, I spoke to the health visitor. Um, I got on quite well with her and she just she just said I was being silly. Uh, he was a boy. Boys are tend to be lazy and they don't advance as quickly as girls. And she said even though he was hitting his milestones later, he was still eventually getting to them, so it wasn't a concern. So I kind of wanted to take her word for it, even although I knew deep down it wasn't the case. Uh, So when he turned two, my husband took him to the doctor. The doctor agreed that by this age he should at least be babbling, etc. So he referred us to the paediatrician. But that took nine months to get an appointment with a paediatrician. And when we eventually seen her, she said, yes, I can see certain red flags, but I think he's far too young. So I'm not going to do anything at the minute. And I want him to see, see, I want him to see him again in 12 months time. By then he had started nursery. 
and obviously nursery was I mean I think there was like 35 kids in his nursery class so it was just torture for him so he found nursery so difficult and they they brought it up almost straight away you know how frustrated he was how anxious he was all the time so they said they would try and put some speech and language in place which again took months to happen um, and when it did he was given one hour a fortnight and in that surrounding of the nursery with 34 other kids um, and that was it that was that was all the help we were offered how did you decide on intervention like what made you decide that maybe that wasn't enough well, and you know did you google like I did I googled I mean by that point I was at breaking point I just thought this can't be it and I remember being you know because I was told things like um there's a spectrum and Sunny is at the top of it you know as if that can't change or you know and I was also told that um in some kids with autism there's a lack of understanding but with Sunny there's no understanding but I could see there was understanding, there was just frustration that he didn't know how to communicate it. So I started looking for um, private speech and language or just somewhere I could go. And someone handed me a leaflet for CAMS and I thought, I, this is not what I want. I don't want somewhere to go and moan about my life with my son. I want somewhere where I can go to learn how to help him. And I had sort of confide, confided in my friend's mum and she said, you know, I've heard of this place. Um, I know another another friend whose little girl goes there and she's doing absolutely amazing. So she gave me the Blue Sky website that night and I emailed yourself and met with you in a couple of days. Thank God it was like a blessing. It was but <laughs> by that point, I mean I was due my second child in a couple of months and I, I just couldn't believe that was it. I was just told to accept that that you know, there's nothing else I can do. It, even Googling um, or look, you know, I was just help. How can I help my child who has autism? There's just nothing there when, you know, I mean, it was just sheer luck that um, my friend's mum obviously knew of you guys and cared enough to share the information. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. There's a lot of professionals um, all over the UK, particularly in Scotland, where we're based one of our centres that know about us and they know about early intervention and they know about evidence-based practice and they know there's other services out there that maybe offer similar but they just don't recommend it to families and you know they let you just kind of go down this path that they can offer which isn't enough really and they withhold that information yeah well funny you should say that because um Sunny's speech and language therapist at the time when I told her I found this place it's amazing and she said oh yeah I've heard of it and I thought well you've heard of it why and she said but please don't tell anyone I told you that and I thought this is this is this is a crazy world (laughs) they were some kind of top secret service that nobody can know about you can only find us if you google yourself so when did Sonny get diagnosed what age was he well we had that that um appointment the year after so that was when he was three and a half um and again, she said the same thing. Yes, definitely, there's lots of traits there. But again, I still think he's too young, so I'll see him again the following year. And we did, we went back. That By then, he was attending Blue Sky and improving loads. He was four and a half then. And again, she you know, she was still swithering. And I said, look, we, we know he has autism. We, 
whether you decide to diagnose him today or not. So she said, well, are you happy then? So it was sort of four and a half. And did you get any extra services because he then got his diagnosis? Was there anything extra offered to you? Not at all. Not at all. Um, And uh, certain people had told me that if we push for a diagnosis, the earlier we get it, the more help we'll get. But it was it was a total lie. We still got the same one hour every fortnight of speech and language therapy. And that was it. So you'd been told that Sonny basically didn't understand anything and probably wouldn't talk. Um, but when you started early intervention therapy, what were the fastest and what were the biggest changes that you saw? I mean, it was immediate. It, his first session at Blue Sky, I think the biggest thing was not just the words that were starting to flow. It was... It was as if someone had taken all that frustration in him and lifted it off his shoulders. And that was the biggest thing for me because for other people looking at Sonny, they would have said, oh, he's always crying, He's like, but he wasn't. And this was the point I kept trying to make to the people that were telling me he doesn't understand. He'll, ne- he'll always be non-verbal. And I kept saying, he's not, he's frustrated. He wants to communicate and can't or doesn't have the tools to do so. And funny, I was speaking to him earlier and telling him that I was doing this with you. And I said to, I asked him a couple of questions and he said, you know, mum, the most frustrating thing was in nursery. Um, I, I was already so anxious and frustrated that I couldn't talk. But then they were trying to teach me crazy sign language. He's a very intuitive little guy, isn't he? Yeah. And I think he talked about that when we interviewed him for our video that we did for our Play to Talk launch. And he spoke about how it was really quite frustrating for him in nursery that people would speak for him. um, And they would say things that he wanted and he didn't want those things. I think it's really important to listen to children um, when they're talking about their experiences. And and quite often things like sign language and and people talking on your behalf it's very frustrating yeah. I mean it, as soon as he started at Blue Sky it, as I said he had no functional language um, he kind of ba- babbled a little bit to himself a lot um, and it by I would say sort of week three week four he was saying single words and then from then on it was just like a domino effect it was then saying putting two words together uh, requesting things um, and then before I knew it, it was sentences. Um, and then it was the big thing for me was asking questions when he started asking questions. Um, I mean, I know it shouldn't, I shouldn't admit this, but to me, I just thought, and you make sure when you go, to, you know, you go to nursery, you ask all these questions, because it was just all these <laughs> things that I was told he would never do, you know, and he would never be able to do and, and He's proved every single person wrong, so I'm, I'm so proud of him. He really has, hasn't he? And I think that's the case with most children that we see because, you know, I think unfortunately in the UK they're, they're writing children off really yeah. early. Yeah. Um, you know, there's an autism diagnosis involved. It's sort of a list of all the can'ts. Yeah. They can't do this. They're not going to learn to talk. They're not going to learn to understand. Not going to be toilet trained. Not going to be independent. And at two years old, some people are getting told that their child are not going to be able to do those yeah. things. And that's that's just really not okay. Mm. And, you know, given the right intervention, it doesn't necessarily have to be a blue sky. It can be anywhere that does evidence-based therapy. Um, but there are models and approaches out there that can really make a massive difference to a child's life. And, and we see that in practice with the children that we support. Oh. And quite often the stories are the same. Parents have been told 
they're never going to be able to do this, never going to be able to speak. And then they prove all of those professionals wrong within the first couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, as you said, the toilet training, that was another thing that um, in nursery, certainly he was having trouble with it. But again, as soon as he started Blue Sky, I suppose if you think about it, he had so much, well, when I think about it now, he had so much going on. Probably the last thing on his mind was toilet training, you know. Um, But as soon as he started at Blue Sky, it was as if just everything was falling into place. Then he could, under, you know, he could understand more. He could, you know, request more and his needs were being met. um, And everything just seemed to sort of fall into place then. That's the crazy thing is that they're written off at such a young age. I mean, and it's, it's sad to say, but it's not much different now. You know, I speak to mums all the time um, and it, it, it just angers me so much. And it angers me because I'm in the position, I'm lucky to be in the position I'm in now, five years down the line. But they tell you things and they go, oh, but it's great. You know, they've, they've applied for speech and language and it, they say it might take six months to a year, but we might get some. And, and and I just think that's not good enough. You're you're convincing these people that that's that's enough. You know, it's it's just wrong. And I think you know we're we're letting so many kids down. It should it should be standard that kids from two. To, so I'm getting angry now. <laughs> it should be standard from kids from two. To, you know, whatever age at that young age where it's so vital, where their brains are still developing. And it's parent power as well. I mean, everything that we do is about parent coaching and parent training. And yes, we do face-to-face sessions with the children when the centre's open. But, you know, the online coaching and, and parent coaching within those sessions is is really effective. You know, and that's what the research shows as well, that parents, when they're involved and when they're trained, the child makes more progress and the parents are less stressed. And it's just not rocket science, really, is it? Although it's got a lot of research behind it, it's kind of obvious. Um, and I think, you know, the UK, they will put parents on training courses, but they're quite generic and they're one size fits all. And they're not really telling you how to move your child forward. They're just telling you what your child is going to find yeah. difficult. Um, and I think that's that's a yeah, that's a problem. So in terms of the journey so far, what's it been like for you? Obviously, Sunny's done really well over the last five years. But what's it been like for yourself? I would say initially horrific, uh, if I'd be 100 percent honest. Um, it was just terrible at the start. There's zero support. Um, and I don't mean, I keep saying this, but I don't mean support as in people listening to me about how hard things are. I just mean support as in what Blue Sky offers, as in training for parents, but in a positive way. Um, and it just made it, as you say, all you're told at the start is all the things your child will never achieve, the things they'll never do, and you need to learn to live with that rather than right here's what we can do here's what you can do I mean I'm a I I would have and I did when I started at Blue Sky I I put 100% into my kids and I'm sure any parent would especially if they have needs or difficulties um and at the start there was just nothing like that you know there was just uh, it was just awful I mean I think I've actually blanked out my memory because it was just <laughs> such a such a hard time. And then sort of, I'm not just saying it, but from blue sky onwards, it was just, you know, it got more positive and more positive to the point now where I just, I wouldn't have changed any of it because I've just learned so much and grown so much as a, a human being myself from 
from the experience. But um, I don't think it should be that way now for people who are going through it now. It should have changed by now and it hasn't, or maybe maybe it has slightly, but not enough, nowhere near enough. And they shouldn't be going through what we went through back then. Um, it's, it's terrible. Um, but however, I mean, I'm, I'm, one, I'm blessed because I can now say that Sunny, as you say, is doing amazing and progressing all the time. And I, because of you guys, I've been given the tools to support him through life and support him, you know, with anything that he needs. And, I, you know, because you've invested so much time in me, it, it gives me the tools to invest in him. But obviously, I'm of a minority, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of parents are so frustrated and, you know, you just look at, for example, the, the divorce rates between couples with children with um, autism are different varying needs. And that, that one of the reasons for that is because there's no support for them. And obviously they've only got each other. And if maybe one's not handling it or both aren't handling it very well, I mean, how are, how are they, they're only human. How are they supposed to get through it? So if you had advice for somebody that was at the beginning of the journey, mm. um, like yourself five years ago, what would be your top three tips? Top three tips would be don't wait. No matter, because everyone will tell you to do that. Don't. I mean, I've, I've learned it from you. I've been taught by you guys. And it was one of my biggest regrets. There, there was nothing I could do about it because I didn't find you until Sunny was four. But I'd only wish I knew about Blue Sky and early intervention when he was two, three. Um, luckily, he's still doing amazing now, but I've seen it in some of the kiddies that do attend Blue Sky from even younger than that, sort of 18 months. And the difference in them is absolutely unbelievable. And it's it seems to be quicker as well at that age obviously because their little brains are developing so so quickly but it, I mean literally you're watching a miracle happen in front of you um so do not wait don't be told that oh they're too young or they're going to keep telling you that because they don't want to deal with the problem <laughs> you know so trust your own instincts and just as soon as you as soon as you feel there's a there's a problem there deal with it um, the other thing I would say is that trust your own instincts because again as a first time mum I knew there was something not right but I wanted to sort of part of me wanted to believe that he was lazy and he was just a boy and plus being a first time mum I thought well they must know they're the professionals they're the ones that see this day in and day out and they're telling me it's fine but you know you know your own child and no one knows them like you do. So don't be convinced by anyone that things will work out or they won't work out. They, you know, you need more than just hoping and praying. You need to act on it. Um, and the other thing I would, I would say is put in the hours and invest the time. Once Blue Sky had given me the tools, and it's as you say, it's not rocket science. All you're doing is playing with your child. I mean, that's what you're kind of meant to do anyway, but it's just you guys give us the tools to do it appropriately and the best way that it will work for them to draw the language out of them. Um, but then once you do learn those skills, then just make it part of your daily life. Teach siblings how to do it and get them involved because that they'll only benefit from that. And um, also just 
whatever your family unit situation is, you need to be a unit for that person. You know, everyone needs to be sort of singing off the same hymn sheet and and doing the best for them. And trust me, you'll get the best results. It's hard at the time. I'm not saying it's not. You know, there's sometimes where you just want to sit down and chill. Or but if you just put in the time and effort, the rewards are are unbelievable. Definitely, I agree with all three points <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And um, what are your hopes for the future for Sunny then? Um. My main hopes are that there's more change, obviously, um, towards in every aspect of, I think my big thing is there's more support for our kids. And I think there should be a bigger support in general in school for them. I mean, Sunny had one-to-one support in primary one and two, and that was it. It was just stopped after that. And he had zero support after that, which thankfully he coped okay with but I don't doubt if maybe he'd have had a little bit more it would have maybe taken the stress out of things more so for him but he has learned how to cope but the next big step for him will be transitioning from primary school to secondary school which there is basically nothing in place um for that and I just think that's craziness because I remember transitioning and I'm I'm not on the spectrum and and I found it hell on earth so I just think for them to expect a child on the spectrum to do that is just craziness. And then the exact same transitioning then from secondary school to further education or or employment, even, you know, whatever their choice may be. Um, because, I just, you know, a lot of these kids are highly, highly intelligent. And, they you know, Sunny is super intelligent and so interested in lots of different act, aspects. So I... It frustrates me that because he won't get the support he needs, that that maybe hinders his education. And I think it's something that really, really needs to be addressed. And just more inclusion as well and understanding. I know they keep saying there's more out there, but I just don't think it's enough. It's still very evident in our everyday life. I mean, even though Sonny's doing amazing, I can see it in other kids. You know, there isn't include. I don't feel there's a lot of inclusion yet. Um. So that's my big hope is change and support. <laughs> and I think Zenny's going to go on to do something pretty amazing with his life, isn't he? I, I mean, I definitely think so. I think, um, I mean, I still can't, When I'm, now that I've spoken to you and sort of looked back, I still can't believe um, we are where we are now. Um, and he is, I mean, definitely he's, he loves space. Um, at the minute he wants to be an astronaut. Um <laughs> anyone can do it Sonny can do it he's the most determined little creature I know he's just amazing but that's another thing that really frustrates me because a a lot of these little kiddies are and they never get to achieve their goals and it's I mean they could do amazing things but they need the support and people like yourselves to to believe in them I think it's a belief that makes a difference as well isn't it and I think when parents have hope and professionals have hope in that child that child thrives on that and and really you know the blossoms definitely a hundred percent and it's it's so evident in Sunny because when he's at blue sky you can see that you can see he's surrounded by people who are aware of his ability and are always encouraging him to you can even do better than that you know rather than 
I think normal society sort of, they're almost scared to approach him, if you know what I mean. It's that sort of, I mean, that's my memory of back, as you were saying about the journey, was sort of everyone up until then was just sort of like, just accept him for who he is. And then when I had my initial consultation with you, it was just like, oh my God, and you know, I am, I'm actually not crazy. Someone else can see what I'm talking about, but it's still very few and far between out there you know, what what the future could hold for them if they just had a little bit of intervention and support on the way. And I think it's that argument of acceptance, isn't it? And we hear that a lot. Um, you know, there's there's a kind of a movement for people to to kind of push for accepting autism and autism acceptance. And we completely agree with that. And you can accept Sunny how he is. He's a very unique, wonderful, amazing little boy. But you can't just disregard the fact that children need support you can accept them from who for who they are you don't want to change them you just want to help them be the very best they can be rather than sometimes acceptance just means settling for that child just not really achieving their full potential and I think that's really wrong of course it is and that's it's so frustrating you know if if your child had an accident and you know they they were told they would never walk again but then you heard of some place you could go where you could help rehabilitate them I mean I don't know any parent that wouldn't you know jump at the chance of doing that so why is it different for our kids I mean I think that's craziness if if I had just left things back then and just accepted Sonny will always be non-verbal and and then I look at where he is now I would I couldn't have forgiven myself for doing that you know and that's what I mean I feel so sorry for parents of young adults and older adults now who there's no way they would have had sort of you know blue sky wasn't there back then and they wouldn't have had any of this sort of early intervention and how they must feel now you know it's I mean I have I've made enemies over the years but I've never told any lies you know I've only spoken the truth so therefore I've only just upset people who are in these positions who I who haven't they've basically failed my son and that's I can't help but be angry about that. You know, he's my son. Very little has changed in 11 years, let alone five years. Um, and that's really sad to see. Um, really sad. I think the UK is quite far behind everywhere else in the world, really, in terms of autism support and intervention. It's a weird it's a weird kind of situation. I've not got my head around it. There's been a much bigger move to autism acceptance than there has to any kind of therapy. Um, and whilst I don't disagree with that at all, I think there's got to be a focus on trying to support these children to fulfill their full potential, no matter what that is, and not just writing them off and not using that acceptance model as an excuse for that. This is going to be a controversial episode, Leanne. We might have to edit it. <laughs> we'll probably get people like complaining, suing us. For <laughs> How dare we say things like that? But it's true, though. That's the thing. I'm going to stand by what I say. Um, have a T-shirt made. But definitely, and I've, we will be forever indebted to you guys for what you've done for our son. Um, you know, he, he's just thriving, and you guys have a huge part to play in that and what you taught us, and therefore what we can obviously instill in him. A huge thank you to Leanne for sharing that with us. Her story is one of hope and determination and never giving up. And we know that Sonny's going to go on to do great things and maybe he will be an astronaut. There's nothing stopping him. If you think that we can be of some help to you, please look us up on www.blueskyautism.com or 
at playtotalk.co.uk. The world could fall.